what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focusing on home technology, helping provide you and our fellow brothers and sisters in tech with some assistance and discussion along the way. Today on Brothers in Tech, the Apple Watch. It arrived with a lot of attention several years ago from Apple as one of the key leading wearable technologies. Now it's on its, I think it's seventh version. How are we using it on a daily basis and where do we feel like it's going? Now, on today's show, we actually have a panel discussion with us, which we're really excited about doing. This is going to be fun. Jeff, I'll go ahead and tell you as our first panel, we have not done this before. So, uh, you know, you are our guinea pig. I hope that's okay. Uh, But we have as our first guest with us, Jeff Hartman. But let me go around and give introductions to everybody first. Uh, To remind everybody, my name is Alan Jackson. I am a video and marketing producer, a marketing consultant. Then also running the podcast network here that you're listening to the show on the Mesh Podcast Network, as well as running a film society and a film festival here in town. Uh, I was voted most likely in school to have too many job titles in the future. So I'm (laughs) definitely living up to that, I think. Check with that. (laughs) With me is my actual brother in tech, uh, like actual brother, Brian Jackson. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm good, Alan. Happy New Year. This is... uh... You know, I mean, we haven't had one of these podcasts in a while. So, and you know, it's the only way that you and I talk. So it's, uh, yeah, it's good to, it's good to talk to you in the new year. So. It's a good time to catch up for sure. So, uh, I have missed these conversations. We took a little hiatus yeah. from doing brothers in tech over the holidays and we're kind of back now with a back with a vengeance for 2021. So looking forward to it. So Brian Jackson, let me give a little background just, uh, other than being my actual brother, lay it uh, he's on, offering- lay it on. Professor of Kinesiology at Pacific University, a motor behaviorist, which I still, Brian, I, I still don't know what that means, but it sounds really, really cool. Um, I still have to and look that's up why I'm that keeping that title because you don't know what it means. It's just I still have to look perfect. it up every time I try to introduce you. A former tennis coach and a current craft beer connoisseur. Is that still... Oh. Yeah, well, still, absolutely. Still, uh, still right there. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's probably should have been the first thing you mentioned, but I'm okay with it being the <laughs> well, last one as well. Sorted, they need to be sorted by importance, is what you're saying. Yeah, so. yeah. Employment that can come much later, but uh, yeah, still love the craft beer and uh, in a, in a good place for it. But still, uh, still enjoying that. So I'm, you know, excited to to do this. I am excited that we were able to get far enough down our list to get to Jeff to invite him today. Uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 took, it only took, you know, 10 or 12 invites right. to, to get to somebody who would say yes, but, uh, but I'm really oh, happy. You invited he 10 or 12 because I invited another 10 or 12 also. Well, my own, and they on my list. Me down, so, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Connections weak on my end. <laughs> uh, we're joking, but on, in all seriousness, he's one of the first ones we thought of to have us join, uh, mainly because, A, we, we, we know where his sensibility is when it comes to home technology, but also uh, – Jeff's kind of our brother from another mother, so he is uh, he is a a friend of the family and a, and a good brother in, in tech as well. Jeff Hartman is professor of exercise science at Gardner Webb University, has an interest and passion for wellness and fitness, which is going to come in great in a couple of these topics we talk about. He's also the purveyor of the typewritten word. 
actually got a typewritten letter from Mr. Hartman. So I uh, love the use of the old technology coming back and uh, uh, (laughs) making an impact there. So Jeff Hartman. He's calling in on a dial-in phone right now. He's calling in on a rotary phone and everything. This is great. Yeah. Really happy to have him here. Um, Awesome. I'm happy to be here ish, I guess. <laughs> happy ish. Thank you guys for inviting me. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to uh to be the Rob Lowe of this Tommy boy that we've got going on. So uh I'll I'll, I'll try to do my best. Oh my gosh, you are you are the Rob wow. Lowe of the, of the Tommy Boy Triangle. So yeah, we yeah, yep. we're gonna have to cut we're gonna have to cut that out, but that's okay. Cut that <laughs> and scene. Yeah. Let's, let's talk. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh to chat with Absolutely. you guys as always. Always looking forward to it. Well, let's let's talk some technology here. So, as a you know, the first topic we were going to jump into and talk about is the Apple Watch. And again, uh, as I mentioned, the kind of the introduction there. You know, we're on about seventh version of the Apple Watch, or at least different uh, models that have been released. Yeah. When it came out several years ago, it was uh, touted, I think, maybe a little differently than than what people ultimately ended up just using it for. Um, I'm really curious to hear your guys' thoughts on how we're using the Apple Watch these days. Uh, is it what we expected? Is it different than what we expected? And where do we possibly see the Apple Watch going in the future? Because, you know, with any good technology, you want to see what's possible with it. Have we kind of reached the peak of what the Apple Watch can do? Or is there some other things we could be looking at doing with that? So all three of us currently own an Apple Watch. Is that is that Correct. Correct. What yep. version, if you guys know, which version do you guys own right now? Jeff, what do you have? I think we determined I'm on the Series 5. Is that correct, I Brian? I think so, uh, yeah. EC, but not the O2 saturation model. Okay. Right, right. And then, Brian, so you, you, have, have one? you have the always-on display. Is that right or not? I do not. Okay. No, I do not. So it might be, it might be the uh, 4, actually, but I don't. Yeah, okay. yeah, it might be a tricky. Well, what about fall detection? I have fall okay. detection, and okay. uh, so you are one of the. <laughs> I would argue with the Apple Watch that has <laughs> asked me many times on a on a walk. Yeah, if I need to contact an emergency, but yes. So I do have that fall. So I have a I have a four, but I have a four as of one week ago. So I had a three for the last several years, and uh, unfortunately, it. It died on me uh, last week, uh, I, a very, very tough, painful death, um, which I can talk about in a little bit uh, as to why. But I have the the four, and even though I'm only a week into it, it's kind of nice because I I did jump in and do quite a bit of research on the different versions, you know, because I bought mine used. I bought both of them used, um, which is also a gamble. So you want to do a lot of research if you're doing that to try to make sure you're getting what you're expecting. But um so I have a four and then Alan, you three. I, I have a three. I have a, mm-hmm. a version three. So I guess I am the uh, most yeah, uh, classic of the, of the three of us right now. And yeah. uh, another way to say the same thing is I'm the winner. I think <laughs> <We are. laughs> three, five, which I've confirmed. Rob Lowe does it again. Okay. Three, four and five. Okay. <laughs> um, well guys, let's just open this up. I, I'm really curious because here's, here's my take on the Apple watch. This is kind of where I'm coming from with this topic. As I mentioned, when, when it first was announced, I remember this was like something that was rumored for gosh, several, you know, at least a couple of years leading up to Apple's announcement. It was Apple's going to make a watch. Apple's going to make a wearable device. And everybody had these grand ideas of what this Apple watch would do. It's basically, 
it was almost touted like it was going to be a miniature computer that you could just mm-hmm. run a lot of apps and you can use it and it would become almost like more of an independent device uh, that would just be another version of your phone or iPad, but this is now one you wear on your wrist. And when it was released, I think a lot of people were initially maybe a little taken aback or maybe a bit disappointed with it because it really functioned a lot more as just an extension of your phone or other device (laughs) and more of a, for notifications and for extending Mm -hmm. the usefulness of your already existing devices. And on its own, maybe not as uh, beneficial, not as um, powerful as people were hoping. So I just I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on kind of where you came from with getting the Apple Watch, how it got started, and then how you're using it now or finding yourself using it now. And is it more or less where you wanted to be with it? You know, just kind of your overall takes on that. So, Brian, where, where are you, where's your history with the Apple Watch right now? Yeah, so I've had it. Uh, I've had an Apple Watch for, I'm guessing maybe two years, maybe maybe a little longer. Um, as I mentioned, I bought it used, so this was after the three had been out for a while. Um, I don't know if the four was out at that point or not, but um, you know, I think when I I jumped into it um, with a little bit of reluctance, uh, you know, I didn't necessarily want to spend that much money on a watch. Um, I didn't want to have something that uh, I would feel like would probably need to be replaced every so often. My history with watches has always been having a, you know, a nice kind of, yeah, clunky watch that I would wear, you know, kind of a stainless steel band. And, you know, I I exercise in it, I play tennis in it, all these different things. Um, but I expected to keep it for many, many years, right? And so I got really nervous about having something that I was charging all the time that potentially if it goes bad, you're really out a lot of money, all of this. Um, but I have to say now, I'm not sure I want to do anything without it um, because I really kind of bought into it. Um, you know, I, I have some experience with before this, I, I used a Garmin watch, which, which I loved. Uh, in terms of fitness, I think Garmin is still one of the 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 leaders in that um in that arena and they had some some smart tech things built in you could get your notifications uh, but there wasn't any interaction back on those notifications um so it was somewhat limited but i tell you there's there's so many things that i use now and now i would even say um for the average user i think the apple watch is probably one of the best exercise devices just because to me, it, it builds in a lot of other things other than just tracking what you do. You know, there's the sharing of workouts. There's the enhanced um, motivation that comes from either the sharing or it's built in kind of feedback. And I think it's so much better. And given that you have a computer on your wrist, I think the opportunities for this thing to continue to evolve is what's great about it. Right. I mean, you have something that every OS that comes out is going to do some new things because it has so much capability. Whereas maybe a Garmin watch, it's going to update something, maybe one little new feature, but it's so limited in what it could do for you. But that's purposeful, right? It has one objective. It's going to track um, track your fitness. So so to me, I, I have to say, I, I love it. Um, uh, I was uh, you know, frustrated when mine broke the other day. Um, but uh, Can I ask I felt, how it oh, broke? Yeah. Okay, you can. So uh, one of the... <laughs> One of the bits, actually, I was going to uh, bring up at some point was the uh, there's a protective cover that you can put over. I think I may have told both of you about them, right? They're little plastic 
kind of adhesive you put on the front, uh, keep it from scratching. Uh, so the corner of that had started to peel off a little bit and it comes with a pack of six. So I'm used to taking it off. Well, as I peel it off, the entire screen comes off of my watch. Just the whole screen pops off and just hanging by a cord. Um, so now it's a, it's a three. I don't know how, how much had been used before I bought it since I bought it used. Uh, and I've used it heavily over the last several years. Um, so I don't know if it was just a, an odd, you know, thing in the way I tugged against it. I mean, they're, they're usually sealed pretty well, right? Cause they have to be with waterproof. Um, but unfortunately the series three is not something that they're replacing. So mm-hmm. if, if this would have been a series five and I had popped the screen off, you know, Apple would have replaced it. You know, they say, Hey, that's a defect. We'll send you out a new one. But they said the series three, it's far enough back that they're not doing that. So, which was unfortunate, but, um, yeah. But anyway, I use it all the time. Uh, I have a number of things that I love about it. Uh, there's still some things I am hopeful for, uh, maybe future versions to do. Um, but I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. So, Jeff, what are you? Yeah. What are your thoughts? I, I'm hesitant to share my main uh, complaint with the Apple Watch because I know exactly where both of you are going to go. <laughs> but um, battery life for me. Yeah has always been a struggle in the, in the fitness side. So um, I have, I have had every series Apple watch from two through five, either through personal or, or work purchases. And so to, to Alan's point, I've seen it evolve and getting, you know, more and more excited about it. My, my main go-to, like you said, Brian is for fitness purposes. Um, and I marathon. And now with the, um, you know, the buds, yeah. uh, uh, using those. I mean, that really, to me, I can't imagine having the watch without the, the you know, the AirPods to, to go with it. Cause it really brings out, I think it's main functionality, but between running the AirPods and LTE and tracking runs, um, can you get through a marathon? You, know, if I, you can't get through a marathon. I, 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 not, not at my pace, which is where I'm assuming you were going to go with this. Just run faster, but no, not at my pace. Now, if I don't use the earbuds, I'm good. Okay. Um, but when you start to use that, um, you know, I'll, I'll watch. You could just watch the the battery life just just drain yep. uh, really fast. Yep. So, I mean, it's a pretty privileged problem to have, but it is a limitation as compared to uh, the Garmin, like you mentioned. Um, now, I'm not sure you could run. AirPods through your Garmin, but it, you know, that Garmin will last just 10 days. days. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was usually 10 yeah. days that I had, it was like a Vivo active. Um, but you know, the screen was not that bright on purpose, right. To make sure that you were saving battery life, you know, that was very pixelated, which was again, fine for what you were using it for. Um, it did not have the ability to, to stream music, the one that I had, but they, they do now. Actually, I think, Alan Otto, if you remember, I brought up a Garmin watch um, back in our wearables episode. There's a Garmin watch out now that will last, I think, 75 days because it's solar. Like, I mean, it actually, if you're wearing it out in the sun, it continues to recharge itself. And it's got all these features. I mean, so if you're talking about battery life, it's, you know, the one thing I will say about battery life with Apple is that I think they probably have been pretty smart that if you go beyond two days of battery life, which, you know, they could do right? And they have the technology to do it, right? To make it four or five days. I think they, 
I think they really want to make sure it stays like, hey, this is a nightly charge and we're giving you a little extra just in case you get in a weird situation, right? They almost don't want you to start treating this like a watch where it's like, hey, I just put it on and forget it. No, no, no. We want you to continue to engage. We want it to be updated. We want it to be charging because there's so many of those little things that it does when it charges that it won't do if it's not charging, you know? downloading your podcast and things like that, which is still one of my nightmares with the Apple Watch, um, which we can talk about yeah. a little bit later. But but battery life, I agree. But it would app? be great if it was a week, but I could understand why for them, they just want you getting comfortable charging it every day so they don't have to worry about building the battery up yet. But to me, the the next evolution in the in the watch is going to be um, in the sleep tech. You know, that seems to be where the wellness industry is headed. And that's where I, I wonder, like, like you said, it's a nighttime charge. Right, right. Um, yeah. And for me, sometimes it's a, it's a midday shower charge after mm-hmm. a run and then to get through the night. And, yeah. you know, there's so much wearable tech out there now that is monitoring sleep and sleep quality. And, you know, how many times are you waking and tossing? And that's a huge market that I just question is is Apple going to be poised to take advantage of yeah. that, especially with their focus on 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 their pivot to wellness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, I, that does I, confuse I me a little bit with the, yeah. the sleep. I, I get it. I mean, that's that's one of the things I'm just like, I'm not going to wear it when I sleep because that's the only time I can guarantee per day that I can charge it, that I know I can remember to charge it, right, and get time to do it. So, Alan? Okay, so I'm confused. So there are fitness and workout capabilities on the watch? <laughs> <laughs> is, that what you, is that what I'm picking up on? Yeah, Alan, there, you know, there's the outdoor walk, right? Which I'm sure you, you might be able to, yeah. to use. There's the stand. Have you, have you heard of the stand feature, right? That I, I have seen the stand. <laughs> I have seen stand on there, which I do sometimes. Yeah, good. No, I, good. I, I can't. I, I'm in a different position than you guys are with the watch because I, 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 I'm not as active as I should be. And that's, that's a whole nother topic for another day. Um, but I, I typically, the watch for me is purely a notification device. That's really all I use it for. I mean, I have it, you know, it's tracking all steps, activity and everything else, but I don't really, that's not anything I spend a lot of time on. Uh, it's truly for me. I, I and this is where I'm kind of coming at it from a little bit of a different angle is that I'm happy with the watch. I like the watch. I definitely want to wear the watch every day. I miss the watch when I don't have it on. But I think about how much I actually use it during the day, and it's very minimal. Uh, Hmm. It's more of a comfort thing for me than it is a a necessity, where I'm using it for, yes, if somebody's calling me, I want to glance at my watch and see if it's a phone call I need to pay attention to or not. Uh, I have certain email addresses that will are set to give me notices if I get an email from them and my watch will, will see those emails and pop them up for me. Uh, and same with text messages. So it's great for notifications, but that's really all I use it for. But I do love it for what it does. I'm, I'm a fan of it just because I love the, the, the integration, the syncing and mm-hmm. integration it has with, if you're an all-in Mac user, which, you know, as anybody listening to the show has probably picked up that we, the three of us are, um, mm-hmm. then it's great because it's basically just acts as an extension of your other devices and, keeps you from having to pull your phone out of your pocket or run to your Mac or anything else. So it's great for that purpose. It's definitely well worth it. It's just, um, um, I think, 
I think you're either coming from, from the angle of it's, it's fitness and it's health and it's all those things, or it's truly just a convenience for you. And that's, I'm on the convenience side more than anything. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I, I get that. I do get that, Alan. I mean, one of the things I think, so this is where I, I struggle with it because there's a part of me that says me having the watch on keeps me from pulling my phone out, which keeps me from just sitting and staring at the screen all the time. So I feel like, okay, this helps me disengage a little bit. But at the same point, I'm more connected than I was before in that I never leave those notifications, right? I mean, they're always there. I do think, you know, to really make the most use of something like the Apple Watch, you need to get into the settings and you need to be really kind of diligent about, all right, I'm going to turn off all these notifications that I only want if I happen to be looking at my phone or my computer, right? Yeah. And I only want to be on the watch notified on the important ones, right? Maybe a text, a phone call, those sorts of things. I mean, I've turned off all news, all anything that comes up. So the only thing that vibrates or something that I'm, I know I'm going to want it interact with. Um, what I like about that too, though, is that it actually, I think, saves battery life of my phone mm -hmm. because, you know, your phone, you you hear the buzz. And I, I actually have never heard the ring on my phone. I've never had a ringer on. So I've always been vibrate. So when I hear a vibrate, it's like, oh, you know, then the screen comes on when you lift it, right? Well, now that doesn't have to happen. So it's almost like I'm spreading battery life across two devices, which I think is, is kind of helpful. Um, it, you know, it makes it feel a little bit more professional because I hate the fact that we're always looking at our screens that I can do a quick glance and not have to, you know, feel as though I'm, I'm disengaging. Uh, so I think there's some there's some cool things about the, as you call it, the extension part of it, right? Just the ability to feel as though it it provides another connection, but maybe an easier connection to the tech that you have and potentially solve some issues. Uh, I mean... I'll, I'll tell you the things that I really love, and I've just got a quick list to work out or I mentioned. I think it's great. I do agree with Jeff, though. So I, I cycle some. And if I'm going to go out cycling, if it goes on LTE, Jeff, you're right, it drains the battery like crazy. And that's something that I just turned on recently within the last month is to use cell uh, because I wanted to be able to leave the phone behind. But man, I can't go. I can't go for longer than you know, 45 minutes or something out on a, on a bike without it dying, uh, if I do that. So I'll turn that off, try to download to some music or something to the watch so that I don't have to carry anything. Um, so I think the workouts are great. Uh, I think the ability, the motivation and all that, I think the ability to just do a quick response to text rather than actually feeling as though you have to stop and go over and do something, just do a quick, you know, touch a button and do a quick response. Uh, something we haven't talked about, I think is really key for me is, and it's kind of sneaky helpful, is with a Mac, having the ability to have your watch be your interaction with your computer, like to unlock something or to have your, you know, your uh, password entered, right? Which I really wish they'd improve and have it. So all passwords, if it comes up, I could just say, yes, this is me, right? And go, uh, I love that. Uh I uh, and and last one I'll mention. I know you'll probably make fun of this, but I actually love the ability to switch the bands really quickly. And I know I think I've talked to both of you two before, where you probably don't do that too much. I have like six or seven bands, and I just love the fact that I can feel as though I'm not wearing the same thing all the time, right? And you know, it's fact a quick change, right? I've got one that maybe feels a little dressier, one that's a little bit more of a workout. So. Uh, I love that. Actually, it was one of the sneaky, cool things about the watch um, that I think it was a really cool technology update. I know other other 
companies are doing that now too. But for vanity's sake, I think it's it's kind of nice to know that not every because so many people have these watches, right? And instead of just being sheep where everybody's looking like they have the same thing, it is kind of nice to to vary that. And they were smart by doing that because there's a whole market with those. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what is that? Generic as possible. Yep. Black on black. Yep. Very nice. Mm-hmm. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. Hey, just Jeff, creative. do you use any apps on the watch, mm-hmm. like third-party apps at all, or is it just all the baked-in Apple, uh, you know, Apple uh, services that are on there? You know, I think I would say ninety percent of my use is just the baked-in yeah. um, going for a run. Um, I don't know if you guys have had any experience trying to run podcasts straight from the watch. Um, it's a nightmare. I, I failed miserably at that. You know, it's every fourth word is a, is a freeze and then it oh, skips wow. ahead. So now I'm, I'm usually using the, the baked in capabilities. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think back to what you originally said, Alan, about all the hype surrounding the, the initial release of the watch and every progression is like, wow, that's really cool. But (laughs) I still don't think we've reached that original expectation. It hasn't been satisfied, which again, I think it shows you to how spoiled we are. I mean, we're, we're all Dick Tracy's walking around with these watches, which is amazing, but yet feeling like, um, you know, it's more convenience, like you're saying, rather than just total, Revolution. That's the thing. Even Apple was the one marketing it as look at all these, you know, third party services and apps that'll be there. There'll be app uh, version of uh, watch versions of all these apps and you'll be able to interact with them on your phone, your, your watch, which yeah, technically you can. But I can't tell you the last time I've heard a third party vendor promote their watch app version. It's been a really long time since I've heard anybody even mention that. I think everybody's kind of tapered off of that and said, look, that's not how people are using their watches. It is truly pushing notifications or tracking things like activity and all that. That's really what the yeah. watch is about. It's not for I'm going to go in and interact and do something on my watch um, that I yeah. couldn't do on my phone yeah. or, or anything else. So um, I remember early, um, uh, Brian, I don't know if you remember this. I was sending you pictures from the airport when uh, I had my watch and it was the first time you were you know, going through and and using um, yeah, your boarding pass and things. Yeah. Yep. And just the, you know, the awkwardness of trying to figure out how do you work? Yep. I mean, I did yep. it and everybody was really impressed because it was, you know, like I said, it <laughs> yeah. took you 10 minutes to do it, it, but they were really impressed when it oh, happened. Oh, yeah. That was, that was good. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. That was impressive. Yeah. So everybody's hollering at me. So, um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, but you know what? Think, yeah. Let's think about that, though. So because that reminds me also of something I really, really hope gets better. And it's not Apple's fault, you know, is the ability to pay. Right. The ability to use for boarding passes. Right. It requires the other side. Right. To accept this. But I can tell you when I know that I'm going to a place, you know, a Walgreens that accepts Apple Pay. And I know that that's the case. And I'm walking up there, especially in COVID time where I don't want to touch anything that I don't have to touch. You know, I'd rather not, you know, have to sanitize different things. The ability to be able to just double click, you know, hold it up there. Boom, you're good to go. If you know it's going to work on the flip side, I will tell you, if if I sat there the other day at a place, it might have been actually a Walgreens as well, where it says Apple Pay. Right. And then I get up there and I'm doing this. I'm holding it up there. I'm, I'm 
waiting, you know, I'm trying to get closer. And the guy's like, oh, that terminal doesn't work for Apple Pay. It's the one next to you, you know? And it's like, oh, okay. I could have had my card out really, really easily by now and done it, you know? Uh, but until it gets really mainstream, that all of those things can happen. And the same thing with boarding pass, right? I mean, it shouldn't have to scan it. It should eventually just be a, hey, listen, you know, get, get your watch close and it's going to take the data of your personal, you know, security, right? And and uh, go from there. But that's the beauty, I think, is that we know that that kind of wearable is always going to be somewhat useful, right? Our hands are what we do, <laughs> it's what we use for things. So having it close to the hand is good. It's better than, you know, something that goes around the neck or something that, you know, is a... Um, uh, glasses or whatever, if there's other ways in which you're trying to interact, you know that this is still going to be kind of a helpful way of doing that. But the other side has to get better. Or maybe Apple's ability to play with the other side has to get better. But uh, to me, once that happens, you think of everything in which you interact with something else, whether it's a password, whether it's a thumbprint, whether it's a key, you know a keypad, whatever it is, all of that stuff being able to happen without you clunking with keys or dealing with things, you know, seems like that would be the long-term, a much better solution. You know, that'd be your ID, right? Your ID is, is there baked in. I hope that that's the case. Right. And I think this certainly is the start of that. Um, yeah. But, you know, it still is clunky. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, it's got to have integration for all that stuff to work. Right. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. What do you guys forecast for the Apple Watch? I mean, you know, going every year, every version, I think the biggest thing that they tout as adding is, uh, well, trying to improve the battery life a little bit is every version they get along. But then also it's... um health detection seems to be the biggest thing that when they give an announcement of the next version, it's all about, okay, now this will do it EEG. This will now do the, um, this kind of sensor that seems mm -hmm. to be where their energy is in, in improving and enhancing this. But what, what do you guys, what would you guys like to see the Apple watch evolve to or, or grow in or get better in than it's than it is right now, Jeff, you got anything? Yeah. Um, to give Apple credit, I will say, uh, having done some research with wearables, Apple is the only uh, only watch that it has um, dedicated space to adapted populations. Mm -hmm. um, we've we looked at wearables in wheelchair populations, and Apple has a setting to track wheelchair exercise. It, um, we did not find other watches. Um, you know, we got the the Mac Daddy mm -hmm. Garmin down to a, a less expensive version, and. Um, so tapping into those underserved uh, populations, or uh, um, I, I think that's that's a, a direction that all wearables and the Apple Watch could continue to go. Because while they do track, there's limitations. It's a really limited amount of tracking. Um, the the sleep tech, I think that's an obvious low hanging fruit that I think Apple is missing out on. And then greater health integration. Um, mm. Like you said, we have all this information. We carry it around in our back pocket, on our wrist. Um, I would love to be able to go to see my primary care physician and um, be able to scan the watch when I go in 
and be able to pay by scanning the watch when I go out and then have that data uh, updated on, on my watch. Right now with my employment, we have to fill out um, uh, annual health profiles and manually enter blood pressure and waist to hip and uh, cholesterol and triglyceride levels. And man, it would be so slick to just, yep. I mean, it's all that data is there to just get that integration. And I'm, I'm not suggesting that's Apple's responsibility, um, but certainly they've uh, led us, dragged us in certain directions. We didn't know we wanted to go in and, and um, to be the leaders in that area. It seems like there's an opportunity there for them. Agreed. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, I, I, I do think they, I mean, the, the, the amount of sensors they have in this device just communities, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and some of them are trivial. We think trivial, but, but really the ability to take a, an entire health, you know, picture of someone is, you know, this is about as close as you're going to get, right? For a consumer device. Um, I mean, the fact that, you know, it'll notify you if you're washing your hands long enough, right? The fact that it tells you if there's too much noise going on around you, the fact that it can tell you you need to take a breath and do, you know, stress relief, right? The fact that if you had all these things integrated, you've got one device that now can really take this idea of a full health package. Alan, I don't know if you remember, um, remember back when the Apple Watch was coming out, and I think I had talked to you about how I was really interested in a in a startup company called I think it was called Basis. It was doing a basis. Basis was the company and had a watch. And its whole thing was, hey, we have sensors that it's going to do. Uh, Jeff, it was doing GSR. It was doing you know skin response. It was doing heart rate. It was doing these things. He said, we're trying to give you a total health picture at the end of the day. Like, are you too stressed today? Are you not do this? Do this? Not you know change these things. And I thought that was such a great idea that this could be this total kind of health and take it not just from, did you work out really hard today, right? This whole idea of, you know, general health. I mean, the fact that, you know, uh, cycle tracking, the fact that you can now do, um, you know, probably uh, connect it right away with some of the, the COVID tracking they're doing, right? I mean, all these things, the research that's going on with this, I mean, I think there's, that's, that's what happened about two series in with the Apple Watch where they realized, wait a minute, this is where we could be a game changer, right? And they're talking now about the future sensors being blood glucose level, you know, for di diabetics and all of these things. And, you know, to me, if the, if the one thing that's missing is for doing what you're suggesting, Jeff, would be if, uh, if they had some way of doing like a, some sort of biomarker that says, we know that the watch was on your wrist, right? Kind of like a fingerprint, right? If they knew the watch was on your wrist and could get the data from it, what insurance companies could say, great. We know what health you're in. We feel comfortable with it rather than you gave it to your 20 year old daughter and let, you know, let her show off the health for a while to get an insurance thing. If it had some way of determining, yes, that's me. I mean, it's got a password, but um, then I think, you know, there would be so many opportunities for this. Uh, off of the, the health thing, just a second, the things that I think I, I want to bring up just really quick for, for someone who thinks that they're going to be easily able to you know, do your daily podcast and bring it on and go walk with it, as Jeff talked about earlier, that really is still a nightmare. And I'm really disappointed with Apple on that part, right? I see a podcast that comes out of my phone, I should be able to press a button that says, send it to my watch. You know, and there should be a 30 second, 
it's on your watch. Go out and go for your walk and listen to that podcast without your without your phone. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I found a way, somewhat of a way around this, Jeff, because I have a daily NPR podcast that I listen to, and I listen to it in the morning when I walk the dog, when I get up. Um, and since it's coming from the East Coast, it I think it publishes around 5 a.m. So, you know, if I get up at 5.30 or 6 or something, it's already available, but it's not on my watch. The watch does like every two hours or every hour or whatever, but it, it's so slow to get it over there. So I created a little automator uh, on my phone that says at 5 a.m. every morning, download the latest podcast from this. So it opens up the podcast app, downloads that latest one. And I found that given that my watch is on the charger, it then puts it right over within 10 or 15 minutes. So by 5.30, I've got it on there. I walk out and when it's on, I get no skips, no nothing. I walk out and I go walk around the neighborhood and have a perfect, uh, perfect experience with the AirPods. Uh, if I don't, if I start it and then I'm going out, even if I'm on LTE, it is all over the place, right? But yeah, if you can get it done early Thanks. enough, it's good. So, so that's, that's my, that's my hope is that they get a little better with that, with the integration of just saying, dump that on there. Let me listen to that. Um, having some more integration, I don't ever want to enter a password again mm-hmm. on my computer if I've got my watch on and it knows I have that I've got the watch on. I want to be able to just do the double click on my watch like I do on, um, you know, some of the install. And I think that would be fantastic. So once they get to that point, I'll be uh, I'll be pretty happy. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, really, the only thing for me is just I, I'd love love longer battery life. I mean, but I know that's something I think everybody kind of asks for all the time. I, I am, I am the opposite of you guys. Again, I, I actually do wear mine at night. I have it do the very rudimentary uh, sleep tracking that Apple has built into its mm-hmm. health app. It's not terribly healthy, but or helpful, but uh, I get at least a little bit of data off of it. And then I put my watch on the charger uh, as soon as I get up and I'm getting ready shower, all that. So it's on the charger for, you know, maybe 45 minutes and that gives me enough juice for the whole rest of the day and evening and then do the cycle again. So I do that every morning. As long as I do it every morning, I'm fine. If I miss a morning, uh, like right now, I'm down to you know less than 10% because I did not have it on the charger the whole time this morning when I was getting ready. So um, I'd love to see the sleep get more, more analytics behind it. I know there's an app, uh, Brian, that I recommended, and I think you started yep. using for a while. Sleep that, Cycle. Sleep Cycle mm-hmm. does really well with with integrating that yep. sleep data in. And because uh, I'm yep. big on just wanting to understand my sleep a lot more than I'm getting now. So trying to do that more with the watch. But I, so yep. battery life, I, it'd be great to know that I could skip a day of charging and not have to worry about it. So that's kind of the goal anyway. You made me very anxious with your description of how you use your Apple Watch from. Uh, Missing those uh, steps early in the morning and and not getting to count those steps yeah. and then running your Apple Watch down to under ten percent battery that that makes me I have a hard time breathing when I hear those two things. Your <laughs> old man. Well, thank you. Thank. You. Let's think about this. How how are they going to get the Apple Watch to actually become this everyday? I'm. I'm wearing it all the time. I'm sleeping with it, right? And have it so that maybe you don't have to take it off. I mean, is wireless charging going to get to the point where we have on our desk, as long as we have our hands up here typing, it's charging the Apple Watch while we're typing since we're close to the the charger? I mean, I'm hopeful that's where it's going to be. I mean, I've got to think that that's got to be the next direction. I mean, they've already got the 
contact, obviously, uh, inductive charging. Yep. It, it, that charging technology exists where you can be within a certain number of inches away of a source and get charging. And then, as you mentioned with the other devices, uh, other vendors, you know, in solar charging, I've got to think, you know, there's a way to yep. do that. Obviously, the proof is out there that it works. So if you can start to combine those kind of other power sources and knowing that just wearing your watch during the day, either near your desk work area or outside in the sunlight gives you enough uh, charging that you don't have to take it off if you don't want to. Yeah, kinetic, kinetic charging, button. right? As you mm -hmm. swing your arms, right? It yeah. charges. I know that a lot of my, a lot of the uh, regular winding watches are starting to do that now, right? They wind themselves as you, mm -hmm. as you swing your arm. So I think if they can get to that point where someone can not have to worry about taking it off, putting it on a charger and actually booking that time, you know, I think you're going to find some, uh, some really, really cool uh, use cases for it in the future. So awesome. yeah. anything else uh, Apple watch related before we wrap it up? I mean, I think we got it covered. I think it sounds like the big thing for all of us is, Going forward, we'd love to see, obviously, a greater battery life or ways to get keep the device charged. And then it's all about integration with other services, especially in the health field. I agree with you, Jeff. I, if I can go to see a health professional and not have to refill out paperwork or worry about things not being in sync with each other from other providers, that would be, uh, that would be very, very nice and helpful and I think be safer, too, for everybody involved. So... Um, Sounds like those are the big things we're looking for in the Apple Watch, but we're all happy with the Apple Watch, and but for slightly different purposes between me and the two of you, which is interesting as well. So, all right. Yep. Great. Yep. Cool. Well, thanks for this uh, conversation about the Apple Watch. Again, this is Brothers in Tech here, Alan Jackson, Brian Jackson, with our guest, Jeff Hartman. And uh, we're just uh, happy to be talking with you and hope you've enjoyed it. If you've got any feedback, questions, uh, Join to join in the conversation. Please make sure you're subscribing to the show, and uh, we'll also be putting some of these posts up on some other social media channels. So look for us and connect with us, and we will look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye bye. Take care. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.